What's up, everyone? Welcome to the 602nd episode of the Pokemon Podcast. It's super effective. I'm your host, Steve. With me is Hannah. I I am here. I, I am recording. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Bobby also here. Uh, hi. Uh, this is a great start. This is a great start. We are all recording. We, we've confirmed. We, We're all we, recording. <laughs> no issues this, this episode. Good start. We have uh, a very Pokemon TCG and a very Pokemon heavy Pokemon Go episode. <laughs> hey, you know this is a Pokemon podcast. Sometimes it's less of one. Pokemon Every heavy. once in a while. <laughs> so we, we have Bobby here because of the TCG and Hannah's always here. <laughs> You won't believe what's going to happen this episode. You thought we were done talking about Van Gogh? You're wrong. We have more <laughs> Van Gogh to talk about. Fun stuff. <laughs> that, that Pikachu will not leave us alone. Mm -mm. Okay, well, before we get to all of that stuff, there was some breaking news. Oh, I guess we're going to dive right into news. Breaking news this weekend. Burr, 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 burr. Uh, there are some more nice. disqualifications at a Pokemon tournament. And people were upset, and the same arguments get thrown around. Arguments that I disagree with, although I do find myself pretty open-minded, so maybe somebody could convince me otherwise, but it's it's been the same argument for a couple of years, and I still <laughs> I still have my opinion, but this past weekend was the it was it was the biggest European tournament to date. Two players got disqualified for having the same exact Pokemon. Now, uh, I know what you're thinking. A lot of people use a program called PK Hex or whatever to make Pokemon. This was a bit different, which the, the, the news here maybe, I guess, I guess the news takeaway maybe isn't people got disqualified. That happens all the time because of using unauthorized software. I think the actual news to take away here is that there is a this is the first time this kind of hack check happened, uh, which is the more interesting thing to take away that the, the hacking is the hack the hack checking has gotten better or they have at least known about it and implemented it. And so what happened is Pokey Alex, who I've actually when I did the. I did like a YouTube series with a bunch of YouTube creators, the Draft League thing. Pokey Alex was a part of that. He streams on Twitch. Very nice guy from my interactions, I believe. And then uh, I don't know who the other person was, but uh, they were both on the same team. They're sponsored, uh, which is another conversation that we could have about sponsored players going to an event. But that, that's that's fine. That's not bad. It's just it's a little weird because the Pokemon doesn't like it specifically because they don't like to have sponsors. When oh, they, they don't like sponsored players being in their um, in their tournaments or in their competition. No, they just don't like to have like sponsored players on their like video because they have to cover up like the logos and stuff. Got it. Okay. And then if you're sure. sponsoring somebody and you're covering up the logos, then it's kind of like po what? pointless. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, a whole other conversation. <laughs> so th they got disqualified for having a clone Pokemon. Now, not to be confused with Pokemon the first movie where Mewtwo clones a bunch of Pokemon, but you could <laughs> compare it to that. <laughs> so they both had a Ting Lu 
that had the same OT and the same player ID number. And you don't need to really have a hack check service to go. You can only catch one thing loop per <laughs> file. Therefore, this was obviously cloned. I would assume, although it doesn't say here, nor would the Pokemon company come out and say, here's the exact <laughs> issue. I would assume that it was cloned using the Smeargle, uh, which has... we. Hannah, Al, and I talked about last week, the Smeargle thing. They said there was going to be a January update, 3.0.1. It is now January 28th. There is no update yet. Three days left. Three days left. I'm assuming they're going to take into account the Smeargle. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised they haven't fixed that yet. And I think that maybe they, one of the reasons they caught this is because they're paying extra close attention because they haven't fixed that yet. Well, I don't understand how... The two of them that are teammates didn't think that that was going to get checked. I'm glad like you asked. That was going to be noticed. <laughs> they, they both got their Ting Lu from another player on their team. And so that player gave them both the same Ting Lu that they duplicated or copied or cloned or however you want to say it. But are they not talking to each other or like <laughs> looking at each other's teams if they know they're getting a Pokemon? Unless they do they really think they were getting... A legitimate Pokemon and not a clone. Because if, if I'm getting a clone Pokemon, I'm going to make sure that the other people on my team aren't also getting the same cloned Pokemon. Well, if you didn't know that it was a cloned Pokemon and you weren't talking to your teammates about your exact team makeup the night before. They've never done yeah. a check like this before? As far as we know. As, yeah, as far as... Um, uh, maybe Most a lot. of the time, there isn't a clone hack that people can take advantage of. The Smeargle thing is kind of new. You could bet. I, I, I hate talking about, like, I hate talking about hacked Pokemon because then it leads to, like, how do you hack? And I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, direct people on how to do that stuff. But the reality is, like, people are getting disqualified because of this. So, like, that's really the, the, the conversation is <laughs> right. not, like, how to do it. <laughs> like people are doing it that being said you can when you make a hacked pokemon you can you can give it whatever ivs you want you can give it whatever level you want you could give a pikachu thunder or you could give a pikachu like flamethrower if you wanted to right like you could but that right. wouldn't pass a hack check very well because pikachu can't learn flamethrower that would be very obvious in a hack check so you ideally want to quote unquote hack a pokemon that would look like a real pokemon which is pretty easy to do now if you if uh like a an oversight would be oh you caught this ting lu in kitakami like that that can't right. happen or this ting lu has two perfect ivs which also cannot happen because ting lu has to be guaranteed three perfect ivs sometimes it'll have four because because one rolls to be perfect, but it has to have at least three perfect IVs. The thing that, again, caught this was the OT was the same and the player ID was the same, and that's actually impossible to have that. I don't know if Pokey Alex and the other dudes' teams were, like, the same. That's not uncommon. Literally an hour before we started recording, the person who won EUIC ended up using Wolfie's team, who won the team... Who won last week at, it wasn't Columbus, oh my gosh, I can't remember, uh, 
that was the biggest tournament in the United States up to this point, whatever city that was. From my understanding, rebuilt the team from Wolfie's Patreon. They like because Wolfie will post his teams after they report. It'll go in depth of like this is the Ivies, this is the nature. So they they rebuilt the team. So like, well, so then the the conversation happens of this is what always happens. I think Hannah made a good point, and I almost forgot it. Of like, this is the first time we've heard of this kind of check. And I think the reason we hear about this stuff is because these players have such a big audience. Pokey Alex is a, a relatively like uh, like has a YouTube r- relatively big streamer, right? If you go back to Worlds, where a bunch of people got disqualified, there were a lot of bigger YouTubers or streamers. A part of that complaining. What I'm saying is like you could have a person who. Maybe it's their first tournament. Maybe they've done very well. They don't stream on YouTube. They don't stream on Twitch. They, they hacked a Steelix and they got disqualified. And they go on Twitter to complain, but they're not a huge player. So people don't see that. Sure. That Yeah, that's true. But also at the same time, so were they playing matches at the same time? They, they must have been, right? Because like... They both got otherwise... disqualified the same round, which I think was round seven. Okay. It's not surprising for players on a team to have similar teams. I even remember like Wolfie last year at Worlds was like, oh, me and my friend are using the same team that we built together. Right. And they both didn't do that well. So maybe it wasn't that great of a team, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But yeah, the OT, obviously the OT and the ID being exactly the same is, is different. But I was just thinking like it might not happen that often. It, it also just... Might not happen that often because it just so happens that two people don't typically have the same like Pokemon at the same time, you know, as well. So it might be harder to see that. Like this was that's kind of surprising that two people on the same like that are on the same team just have the same clone Pokemon. I, I don't know. I feel like that probably wouldn't happen that often. Well, I'm not saying people wouldn't have clone Pokemon. I'm saying that bad combination of the two of them on the same team having the same clone Pokemon. Yeah, that makes the news extra yeah. uh, fun in a way. But like I said, the clone thing is relatively new. It is something they usually try to kind of minimize and and fix as soon as possible. So these aren't the kinds of exploits we usually see. It's usually gen Pokemon, which is similar but not the same. It With regards to the fact that they are both kind of popular, bigger players, I think that probably does play a factor in it, but also this is a big tournament with a lot of people watching. And when somebody who's gotten far enough gets disqualified for some reason or another, people are going to be talking about it, which is one of the reasons we have seen a lot of disqualifications pop up over the last year or so, regardless of who it is, I think. A lot of people don't believe they're going to check for for illegitimate Pokemon. Uh, last week was Charlotte's regionals. This week was Liverpool regionals. So not EUIC. I misspoke there. Still a big one. Still the big. I yeah. think it was bigger than last year's EUIC <laughs> because of <laughs> players attending. Attendance has been up for this game. I don't know if y'all, <laughs> I don't know if listeners know this, but attendance for playing in person has been way up. And that that in itself is news too, because people like Hera as a battle mechanic, and some like it more than Dynamax. The player count is up. 
So, of course, the argument is always, and this is what I disagree with, players shouldn't have to, like, build a team. Building a team takes too much time. What does it matter? The reason that people PK a Hex or, or Gen Pokemon is because, like, and I agree with that point. I, I do agree with the point that, like, your skill of building a team does not translate to your skill of playing. And I say this all the time because I think when people want to get into competitive Pokemon, they think that they need to do both. And they think that because they because they built the team, they're, they will be better with it. Or because they're using a rental team, they're not going to be as good. Those are just two different skills. You can be really, really good at playing the game. And be very bad at understanding, like, why a certain Pokemon... Like, you can understand, like, oh, this Pokemon needs, like, EVs and defense to make it bulkier. But, like, that calculation side of thing, things is is a little bit more complicated. I see it all the time with, like, other creators doing, like, raid builds. Their EVs don't make sense. And, and that's, like, that's not to, like, shame them. It's, like, they just don't understand... How, why HP would be more important here than defense or why defense would be more important than HP or like why we're putting a, a, a nature here but not maxing out that like defense and I get they're just trying to be helpful and stuff but like no fault to them it's really complicated like when I talk about jump points when it comes to EVs and I literally know this because I paid a world class coach to teach me like EVs and competitive Pokemon and I, I paid him for six months and that was Paul Ruiz I can never say his last name and it was very very helpful but like when I bring up jump points most listeners listening are like what's a jump point it's like when you get like a free EV by giving your Pokemon a specific amount of EVs so like it's very complicated and you do see a lot of these players that compete at a very high level like normally when they win they'll be like oh thank you eight people because they like helped with the team or they helped with the idea like it's very complicated i don't like buy the argument though like oh it's so time consuming because they've just lowered the barrier so much and like in the case of ting lu you can you can get ting lu in like 15 minutes like you you could just google Ting Lu swords, go around the map real quick, collect the, the was it, eight swords, ten swords, and then Ting Lu pops up, and then you catch Ting Lu. Like, it's, <laughs> like, out of all the Pokemon that was the one you got disqualified for, one of the easier ones to get, honestly. <laughs> yeah, they really have lowered the barrier to building a Pokemon. That's one thing that I have been astonished by every time I'm working on the raid builds is that it can take 15 minutes or less to build a specific Pokemon with specific EVs. That is not how it used to be. Oh, And for they sure. continue to lower it even more with the Blueberry Academy and the item printer because now even Terra isn't really hard anymore. I'm not someone who's done a ton of Terra raids. I did not have 999 Terra crystals of every single type <laughs> pre-Blueberry, but I sure do now. <laughs> Well, how many Pokemon are these people typically, are the competitors typically building though? I mean, they're not, they're not just building like a team, right? I'm assuming that they're, they're building multiple teams because they're practicing with different stuff and they're trying out different combinations of things and stuff like that. So I, I am assuming they're only building one team, maybe a week 
or not. I, I think a lot of these players are practicing in Pokemon Showdown. Right. Because okay. you can get like more matches done and it's it is easier to build a Pokemon there. Pokemon Showdown is a, a, a battle simulator, but like it's another tool for for practicing. Even so, like even if you're even if you're if you're just buying the game to do matches and go to tournaments, um, you can you can get Pokemon from other people like they both got this Ting Lu from the same guy. Unfortunately, the guy made a clone of the Ting Lu. It cost them the and gave them disqualification. But like that's the weirdest part about Pokemon, and I say weird in like a good way is if you don't have the resources, you can trade or like if Hannah was like, "Hey, I want to build a Dragalge for an upcoming raid, but I don't have electric Terra type shards," she could trade me her Dragalge. I can give it the Terra, I could even like teach it acid spray, and then I could like trade it back, right? Like, there is so many ways you can build a Pokemon that isn't just on you, the player yourself. And then I, yeah. you know, I, I saw the argument of like people are like, well, you have to breed for perfect IVs, and it's like, why? Why it's 2024, why are we using the argument of a breeding for IVs? You can literally walk into <laughs> any of the deli birds and just buy a bottle cap, <laughs> right. just bottle cap it. Yeah, I mean, unless you're, well, Hannah so nicely gave me a uh, Claude Sire way back when, at some point, when we were doing raids for something. Um, but you had bred, bred a bunch of them, hadn't you? Of the, of the yeah, I was Hellbane just having Hoopers? fun there, Yeah, <laughs> going for a whole bunch of perfects there. But That was really nice. <laughs> I think I still have some, if anybody's looking for perfect Claude Sire. Um, <laughs> but, Finally, uh, that's going to win EUIC <laughs> when it comes around. It was it's great in raids. It's great for certain raids. <laughs> Golden bottle cups are much easier to get, again, especially with the item printer. I have many more of them now than I did before Blueberry. But also, then people will bring up the fact that not every Pokemon needs perfect IVs. And it's hard to get the ones with the zero IV exactly where you need it sometimes. Tinglu is probably one of those Pokemon that would want a zero IV in speed, yes. Not in attack, because it's a physical Pokemon, so <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Although I haven't seen foul play on anyone's team sheets in, like, the last, like, six months, so even, like, the I need zero in attack, like, there's not a lot of foul plays going around. <laughs> maybe some confusion because of, like, Hurricane or something, I guess. So maybe this teammate of theirs just had a Tinglu with zero speed and both of them wanted it. There, There's probably another conversation to be had about, like, how optimal ivs will be a deciding factor in some matches i think a lot of players i would when i say a lot of players i think the people who are like complaining which i feel like is all of twitter or or whatnot <laughs> i see i see this all the time when i when i do competitive is when i when i like lose a match or when something goes poorly the first recommendation from like Twitch chat is like, you should change this move or you should change this. I think when, when, when you do lose a match, you kind of have to walk away and say like, did I lose this because I, I should have had it. I should have had more defense EVs or should I, should I, did I lose this because I was, I was calm instead of jolly or whatever. Right. And a lot of the times the answer is no. And even if the answer is like, oh, I lost the speed tie, like we were both jolly or we were both timid, I lost the speed tie. 
there's probably a turn earlier where you could have done something different so you weren't in that situation. And I, I think even I think you see that a lot with just like when you watch these big tournaments on Twitch or YouTube and you're like watching Twitch chat or YouTube chat go, you got a lot of like armchair backseating <laughs> gamers that are like, man, what a bad play. This person in the top two of the world's like the world's biggest Liverpool tournament. Like, I don't think you have the right to say that's a bad play. Maybe you don't understand the play. <laughs> Well, that's any that's any competition, right? I mean, take take any anything, right? Take basketball, right? And you got people out there who are like, "Oh, what's wrong with this person's playing so terribly?" LeBron James, what like what an awful, you know, or like Michael Jordan, you know, you see that with the best of the best, and you have people that are sitting at home on <laughs> their like, couch, never lifted like, a basketball up, themselves. right? And they're like, they would have done so much better if they ran this play, and it's it's like, uh, okay, sure. You know, so you see that with any any competition. Yeah, that's part of sports spectating. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't really buy the like. It takes so long to build a Pokemon unless you haven't played your game at all. There was there was a Twitch Rivals tournament that I was a part of. Part of the tournament was like a speed run part where like who can get through the game the fastest, and then the second part of the tournament was build a team to be a part of a competitive doubles vgc match they said that you you weren't allowed to connect to the internet you weren't allowed to do raids you weren't allowed to trade with people and you had to just do it all yourself and you could you could spend as much time on it as you want but you had to stream it you couldn't like end stream and then like secretly build the pokemon everything had to be live for the tournament the next day and let me tell you if you thought sword and or if you thought scarlet and violet was like a short game Try to build a competitive team from scratch at the start of that game. I will agree that that is very hard to do because, like, you you just have no resources. And some of the stuff, like, oh, I want like a choice band. Oh, that doesn't that that doesn't unlock until after you like beat the elite four. The store won't have it in stock until you do that. Like, there are some things that are like gated by that. But the game right right now is like thirteen months out. Right, like fourteen months out, it's been around for a while. I would, I would expect a lot of those players to at least play through the game. But I'm, I'm sure there's the argument of like, I don't want to play through the actual. I don't want to actually play the game. I just want the 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 VGC part of the game, which I is valid to an extent, right? I'm, but I, I think the the last point that we see anytime somebody gets cheat cheaters are found cheating is the reason they cheat is because the game is pay to win and pokemon are hard to get they're cheating because it, it makes it fair it's pay to win in the sense that you have to pay to yep. start <laughs> where are they drawing the line at pay to win because because there are so many more aspects yeah I mean, everyone has to buy the game. <laughs> there's, sure. a start, so, there's a starting so the, point. The first argument to the pay to win is, well, you have to buy the DLC if you wanted Urshifu. Or if you wanted Ogre Pond. So that's another $30, right? So they're they're considering $30. Like, they're considering Ogre Pond is like a $30 pay to win. Because uh, Ogre Pond is very good. She She's a queen. She's great. She's like fourth most used uh, at this recent tournament. I don't have it in front of me. Nice. Uh, Urshifu, again, people consider a pay-to-win Pokemon. You have to pay $30 for the DLC to get the Cub Fu. You have to evolve. But you could trade 
You, you could, you could trade. Yes, that's, that's what these people did with the Tin Lu, <laughs> correct? Which was available in the regular game. <laughs> so Makes the sense. the only Pokemon that's in the top ten that's not technically in Scarlet and Violet at all is Tornadus. You would have to move it from another game. You'd have to move it from Scarlet and Violet. You'd have to move it from Sword and Shield or from Pokemon Go, and they are considering that pay to win. I disagree with this altogether, for the record. Um, there's so many... Wait, hold on. Wait, what? Pay to win? You can literally play Pokemon Go for free, and then you can go and get use your free raid pass yeah. to get a free Tornadus. <laughs> that, okay, so then they, this goes back to the argument of you shouldn't have to like play the game in order to be good at VGC, because like... I can't keep going down that <laughs> rabbit hole. This is awful. This is why I am no longer on Twitter or X or whatever it's called, because this is what happens all the time with this. These types of like, so they don't. OK, I'm going to stop. <laughs> Continue. In the in the situation with Pokey Alex, and this is not any shade at Pokey Alex, but but the the. To to say like the game is pay to win and the dude spent probably well over fifteen hundred dollars on a flight and your argument is that the thirty dollar DLC is the actual pay to win part like I just I just don't buy it. Your argument His is, argument wasn't right. What you're talking about like other people's argument. Oh like he, yeah yeah yeah. He's, he's not arguing this. Is no no no. Pokey Alex okay, is not okay. arguing. Just clarifying. <laughs> I'm very that, that sure he... that Pokey Alex bought the DLC. Yeah. I, no no. I was just clarifying that for everyone <laughs> that it's he's not making that argument. But yeah, it expands far into things like being able to afford a flight, being able to afford to get more sleep or better food. And being able to afford the $10 Patreon to Wolfie to then get Wolfie's team to build that. Being able to afford the $70 to even enter the competition. There, there is money here in, but the, the money here is, is any pro level sports related thing. Like, Think of like a bowling league. You could rent a bowling ball. You could buy your own bowling ball. I don't know how much a bowling ball costs, but I'm going to bet that there's a very cheap pro bowling ball you can buy and probably a significantly more expensive bowling Correct. ball you can buy. Yes. <laughs> you got to buy shoes. You got to you got to pay for the lane. You got to pay probably the club fee. I've heard that the club fees for bowling have gotten pretty expensive. To be in are you near a good bowling alley are you not there are advantages and disadvantages to like everyone's situation here right like the reason michael phelps is very good at swimming is because he has like an extra like weird diaphragm thing in his chest like like he has an actual advantage he was born with the man <laughs> the man knows how to swim very good <laughs> <laughs> and extra long arms i think yes yeah i think his longer. arms are like longer than but anyways going back to pokemon the the argument like that ogre pond and urshifu are pay to win is just not like it's just such a bad argument like i think it's the... a very narrow argument they're only looking at one specific thing i get that in like valorant or apex or fortnite i'm pick i just pick three shooters wolf pierce throw in counter strike there's four shooters for you. They're all different, right? There, there is no like. You have to, you have to like build your character before you go into the match, right? That that doesn't exist. You, you have skins, sure, but I think, I, but I get that people are comparing Pokemon 
to those games. Like, look at these people don't have to actually play a like story mode of these games in order to compete at a high level. Then they can play those games. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think that's a good argument either. Because like right. you could just trade like Pokey Alex did. I'd hey man, I don't have a Ting Lu. Can somebody get me a Ting Lu tonight? And yeah. he got well, a Ting Lu. Uh, okay. I'm sorry, but the the argument of pay to win for things like Ogre Pond and uh Urshifu, that's fine. That's a fine argument. It's really hard to put it into this place where they traded for a Pokemon that isn't in the DLC. Like th- this was a cloned Pokemon that was not even in the <laughs> DLC. It wasn't pay to play or pay to win, you know, like other than having to buy Scarlet or Violet. <laughs> but otherwise, you know, this situation specifically, not a pay to win Pokemon. Um, but I get that it's like a larger, it's a larger discussion at that point. Like you, you could argue that like I had to buy S- S- Sword and Shield, and then I had to buy the DLC, and then once I did that, I was able to get Tornadus, and then I moved Tornadus into my own game. Right? Like, imagine that there is maybe somebody who wants to use Tornadus and lives in the middle of nowhere, so Pokemon Go is not an option, and now they have to spend what ninety dollars to get. Tornadus. I still think that's a really weak argument overall, because that would be that would that would technically be the only way they would they would get Tornadus is unless they were having it traded from somebody generous, right? But I'm saying that like I'm saying that if they if they have no way to trade, their only way is somehow playing tournaments online. I don't understand. Yeah, this you can see this argument is falling apart. How are they practicing <laughs> if they don't have internet? And they don't. Yeah, you can see this is falling apart very quickly. The GTS is also there where you could trade. Right. Does this mean do I do I need to transfer a bunch of tornadoes into home so I can start just trading them off with people? Is this didn't realize tornadoes was a thought after Pokemon? Then then I think about like I think about like my Incineroar, which I caught or which I bred for in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. I used that Incineroar all two of the three years in Sword and Shield because it was not allowed the first year. (laughs) And I'm going to use it in Scarlet and Violet probably for the next two years because we would assume that Scarlet and Violet is going to be the competitive game for the next two more years. So if we're counting DLC as its own game, you have the Scarlet and Violet DLC, you have Scarlet and Violet, you have the Sword and Shield DLC, you have Sword and Shield, you have Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee, which, yes, you cannot get Incineroar in, but let's say you caught a Zapdos in that game, you could move it up. You got Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl. That You got Legends Arceus, which, again, you could catch a Pokemon in there. That is s- eight games ago, s- right? <laughs> oh, wait, That's hold not on. eight. Now you're holding up seven fingers. No, I know. That was seven games. So that was the eighth game ago, right? Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yes. Because I got it from Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon. Ultra Sun. Correct. Correct. So that Incineroar has lasted through all of these games and I can still use it today, which is pretty unique to Pokemon and pretty cool. So I don't buy the argument of like pay to win. In, at that level, because once you have that, once you got that Urshifu in, in, in Sword and Shield, you could move it up and change it. They, 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 got, they got berries, they got Moshi, they got mints. You can make the Urshifu however you want. Again, you can restart it. You already got it. 
At the very core, you need to buy Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon to participate in tournaments. And back then, and before that, you had to buy Sun and Moon. The, re- the only difference between Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Moon were two Pokemon. And only one of them was good. It was Stakataka. <laughs> no one was using Blacephalon. <laughs> so yes, you did have to buy a $40 new game for one new Pokemon and participate. And then before that, it was X and Y. You bought that. That was the game you played for a year. Then you moved over to Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire and you played that for a year. Steve, you have to remember that there are also people who make the argument prior to PvP being a thing in Pokemon Go that Pokemon Go was paid to win. And there's not even anything to win in Pokemon <laughs> Go. There isn't there like prior to PvP is what I'm saying. So there wasn't an end game to it. And people were still complaining about it being pay to win. And so, I mean, I think these arguments are going to be made until the end of time. <laughs> Even if they open up allowing cloned Pokemon, they're going to be like, well, now you got to pay someone to clone it. Now you got to pay, so- you know, if you don't know how to do it, you got to pay someone else to do it. Like, I just, it's going to, it'll be there forever. <laughs> the fact that people are going around being like, oh, yeah, Ogre Pond is pay to win when it's like, $30 is half, $30 for a whole game is half the cost of entering the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> the tournament is $70 to enter. And reaching out to friends who might be able to be nice and trade your Pokemon is free. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll give that not everyone playing competitively is going to tournaments, right? They're just, they're playing the stuff they can do online, right? And I could see people being like, oh, well, I don't. I'm not getting further into this because I feel like it's pay to pay to win and I don't have the DLC and I don't get Ogre Pond and things like that. So there are people who aren't paying to compete. They're just doing it through. I mean, they paid to get the game. We could go all the way back to the beginning of this, but here's uh, I got one. I got one more point. The, The number one Pokemon throughout this entire tournament and for past tournaments. Do you guys know what the number one Pokemon being used is? I have an idea, but no, I, I don't. I'm not going to oh. be surprised by it, but no. It is Fluttermane, who only uh, appears nope, <laughs> in one of the two games. Well, technically, yep. well, it, it did appear to, in both games this weekend, <laughs> technically. Say, but that uh, was after 13 months. Except right now. <laughs> as of right now, yes. <laughs> so if, if, if all of these pay-to-win people, if your core argument is... Well, trade. I don't want to trade or like owning old games is unfair. What if at the start of this cycle you bought Violet, and your argument is like, oh well, trading or or owning multiple games is unfair. Okay, don't trade. Guess what? The actual number one Pokemon is in the game that you just didn't happen to buy because you had no clue. Like I just don't buy your argument anymore. If you're gonna say that Ogre Ogre Pond or Urshifu are the pay to win Pokemon. But literally, the number one Pokemon is a virgin, a virgin exclusive, and like that's not exclusive to Scarlet and Violet. Like this happened in Sword and Shield. Guess what? The number one Pokemon in that game was Zashi. <laughs> Guess who bought Shield? Me. <laughs> Zashian and Ogrepan are a little different because there's only one per save, and Fluttermane is not. But I still don't. By the pay-to-win argument, it's still structured off of the way our society is, and that's not going to be something that Pokemon can change. I guess the argument has been going back a long time, but the whole purpose, like Pokemon's built on this whole to trade with each other, 
system. I, like if you have played Pokemon for any time in the last 27, 28 years, the whole concept is to catch them and to trade them with each other, right? Like going all the way back to the very beginning. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's a little bit like uh, you can be mad about like having to do that, but it's also kind of know what you're getting into like, when yeah. you come to, along to Pokemon. Even, even if you were a new player and you didn't buy Sword and Shield. So like, like you, you could argue that the, the current competitive scene, you'd have to spend $90 and that $90 should ultimately carry you throughout the next three years. That's how it was for Sword and Shield, right? You spent $60 in the base game, $30 on DLC. Hopefully you bought Sword and not Shield. And now that's, that's your investment for three years of competitive. If for some reason this is your very first Pokemon game and you're getting competitive and you needed Tornadus, I guess, guess you're up to like $180 because you had to spend 90 twice. But that's, that's still cheaper than like joining a basketball club <laughs> it's still cheaper than playing bowling that's or the tcg you ever buy a tennis you ever buy a tennis racket <laughs> a tennis racket's like 480 dollars and i'm sure you can find a more expensive one <laughs> yes <laughs> but even going even the bobby made a great point because we're about to switch over to tcg after the break i played tcg competitively for three years I promise you I was spending minimum $200 every three months to play the TCG. Minimum. That's why I never bought TCG. That's why I never got into the TCG growing up. Because that one is very clearly inaccessible. And, and here's my takeaway. I don't think when Wolfie won last week, anyone said, well, the reason Wolfie won is because he bought that $30 DLC and I didn't. That's why he won. I spent the $70 to participate in this tournament. I spent the $500 on the hotel. I spent the $1,000 flight, but mm, couldn't, I couldn't afford the $30 ogre pawn. That's where I drew the line right there. It's just a ridiculous argument. I want to be in this bowling league, but I'm not going to rent my lane. I draw the line at renting my ball. <laughs> <laughs> It does suck that they got disqualified because um, uh, Pokey Alex is a pretty pretty good player. Uh, and my one time interacting with him, he was very nice. Yeah. Especially if they did get it from the, someone not realize like because I was reading the, the the tweets from them or I think from Poke Alex and me mentioning that they were they were saying that they didn't realize they just got it from a teammate didn't realize. And if that is true, like that is a bummer because then that's just on your teammate who knew what they were doing and maybe just thought like, oh, this isn't going to get checked, whatever. It's like not a big deal. Who knows? But if they legitimately got that as a trade, which we just went back to like the whole purpose of Pokemon is trading, right? Like, so they're like trading to get the Pokemon that they were going to use. Um, and it just so happened. And you wouldn't even know, like you said, if they didn't converse with their other teammate about that, or there's like, oh, they also have a Ting Lu, but maybe aren't thinking like, well, we should check that it's not the same exact Pokemon. If that's truly what happened, like that is such a bummer because, um, I mean, I guess it is on them at the end of the day, but it's also kind of tough. Like it's individually in your game and you're not really thinking like, well, I hope that person on over there doesn't have the exact same one. 
Yeah. There <laughs> you know. wouldn't have been a way for them to check. And that's, yeah. that's one tricky part where it does get into relying on people. You really have to trust the person. Yeah. Um, which is tricky and unfortunate. But what I think people really need to take away from the continued disqualifications is just that Pokemon is checking for this as much as they can. And we know this and we've known this. Just generated Pokemon, hacked Pokemon, cloned Pokemon are not welcome in competition. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay, we'll take a quick break and then uh, we're going to transition over. We're going to transition over to TCG, but not competitive TCG. <laughs> we're done with the competitive stuff. <laughs> There's a brand new set that came out. Uh, I opened some. I think Bobby opened way more than I did. Uh, so we will be Maybe. right back. <laughs> Benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to super fans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Me Undies. From all black classics to fun, expressive prints, Me Undies has a look for everyone. They have new Valentine's Day prints like Electric Hearts or Lovebirds. Plus, they come in sizes from extra small to 4XL, guaranteeing a flattering cut for everybody. I don't know if you know this, but Me Undies isn't just about underwear. You can explore their huge collection featuring joggers, hoodies, onesies, and more. Me Undies has a signature fabric that is as soft as a warm hug from your favorite sweater. It's breathable, stretchy, and oh so comfy, making it an ideal wear for all day use. On top of that, if you're not happy with your first pair of undies, it's on Me Undies. This Valentine's Day, good things come in big packages at Me Undies. Get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash PKMNCST. That is MeUndies.com slash PKMNCST for 20% off plus free shipping. Me Undies, comfort from the outside in. And we are back from our break. I used to spend $200 every three months on TCG. I don't anymore. Um, but if I was to spend $200, it would probably be on this set because so far it's been pretty fun to open. There's no press release here, but Paldean Fates has arrived, which is, what do they call this? It's not, it's like a special mid-season. It's like a holiday, they call it a holiday set. Holiday I think, set. Really. Yeah. We talked about this before, how they featured... Cerulege as one of the shiny Pokemon. <laughs> Worst possible shinies. Yeah, it wasn't even really... just the Cerulege either. No, they they four, chose the worst possible shinies. Three of the four shinies on the pack art for the things are like not that different. Uh, obviously, the Dundozo is very different. But Seeing how many shinies there are in the actual set, I'm almost wondering if that's because they don't want people to realize that there are the shinies in here. Tankaton yeah. shinies pretty good. I think the it hammer is, chain. the hammer, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It goes from yeah, silver which to like, copper. I think it's that's not good. super noticeable though in the pack art because of the way it's holding the hammer. Like it's not the hammer is not the focus of the pack art. <laughs> and then Pikachu is obviously a slight slightly 
golden, which I like. I, I think it's a cool shiny and the shiny. That's cool. But the, three of the four of them are very, are barely noticeable. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Tasaguri is hard, too, because there's three of them. And you're like, mm-hmm. which one is this one? The set is out now. Not the full set, because there's going to be more. Right. So they're doing this in three waves. So what released on uh, January 26th was the Elite Trainer boxes and the three-pack blisters. So the three-pack blister comes with three, <laughs> comes with, uh, three packs of cards, uh, a promo card, which is a shiny Pokemon, uh, and then a sticker. They used to do coins back in the Sword and Shield era oh, and prior, and they, they switched it to stickers. So Weird. it's a sticker and the promo card. Um, so you can pick either uh, Fido, Mastiff, or uh, Graveyard. And so you get a promo card of them, a shiny one, and then you get a sticker of shiny. One all of those the dogs. Three packs. Yeah, th- yeah all, the, <laughs> all the puppies. Um, and their evolutions are all in the, in the set as like shinies as well. So. But those are the two things that released on Friday. Uh, in February, there's going to be um, February 9th will be the release of the tins. So mini tins. Uh, the bigger tins as well that contain like five packs and the collection boxes. And then at the end of February, February 23rd, they're going to release the booster bundle, which is just a box that contains six packs of cards with no, no promo cards or anything else. It's just six packs in a box. So those are the three waves of, of release for this, for this set, which is weird. They don't usually do that. <laughs> They did it for like Crown Zenith. They had re- they released Crown Zenith for like six months. It was it <laughs> was they had new Crown Zenith products that came out for every month for like six months. Um, even like mixed in with when Scarlet and Violet base set came out, they just mixed Crown Zenith in there and kept releasing Crown Zenith products. So I think it's kind of weird when they do that. So I think this is the third American shiny set. There was this mm-hmm. is Paldean Fates, and then there was Hidden Fates, and then there was shiny. Fates, shining right? fates, shining fates, yeah. And I, I would, I would assume that these sets do pretty well because they are shiny focused. A lot of them are like reprints of cards that already exist. But now they have like the illustration rares and the special illustration rares. So I think those are those are super cool. Bobby, you've opened way more cards than I have. I, I did, I did open some for the audio listeners. I'm holding up a ETB. I bought this with my own money, by the way. No one, no one. Sometimes Pokemon sends me stuff, but disclosure, I, I did pay for this. How do you feel about this compared to the, the past set, the hidden sets, hidden fates sets? Hidden fates, shining fates. Shining fates is tough to contend with because it was right at the height of you couldn't buy Pokemon cards anywhere. So, so just getting your hands was, on it was exciting. Yeah, it was exciting to get your hands on it. It was also frustrating because, you know, 95% of the time you weren't able to get you know, go pick up Shining Fates. You just would see the ETBs popping up on eBay for five times as much, and you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, so that was frustrating. I would say, I don't know how many shiny Pokemon are in Shining Fates, but there are a lot in Paldean Fates. There's like 137 shiny Pokemon cards in Paldean Fates, and that in itself is a little bit with the fact that the Scarlet Violet era cards don't hold their value as much it makes it a little tougher to want to buy a bunch of the packs when you could go buy the singles in a couple of weeks for a lot less because you're only going to pull one, maybe two shiny Pokemon cards in a pack 
Very rarely you can pull two. Um, there are 245 cards altogether in the set. Yeah, 245. I think only 91 are actually like the set, and then everything else is shinies. And there's a few trainer, like full art trainer cards um, in the set. So I think it's fun to open. The pull rates are great. So I don't know how many hits you got in your elite trainer box, Steve, but I got uh, nine you, hits out of 11 packs. That's great. Oh, yeah. you got one of the, did you get one of the Pokemon Center? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elite trainer boxes? Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I had six hits in nine packs. I mean, definitely a lot more than what you're seeing, what you saw from Paradox Rift. And what you'll probably see from the next set that comes out, because the holiday sets, they tend to put, they tend to stack them a little bit more. So you do get more hits in your packs than the regular sets. Um, but I think it's been fun so far. I think it's better than Shining Fates, personally. Um, I do like the illustration rares, special illustration rares. Those are cool. Uh, they didn't put very many of them in there, though. I will say there are three illustration rares and uh, five total special illustration rares between trainers and Pokemon. So I do wish they had done more of those um, because those are super fun. But otherwise, I think it's a pretty fun set. It's a good collectible set. I'm not sure what's playable, what's super playable in it. I know there's uh, there's um, a Chin Pao, which I think is pretty playable. Um, there's a Mew. There's a, there's a shiny Mew, which is obviously a full art and a special illustration rare. I know those are playable. Um, oh, they also introduced gold, like a new type of gold card. Oh, I saw um, that with the Maridon. You got it, right? Yeah, so they have their gold and turquoise or like gold and teal, which is different. I think it's a, it probably a, a you either love it or you hate it kind of situation <laughs> with that one. Um, but those are pretty, those are cool for, in my opinion. And they have six of those in the set as well. So good set overall. Um, I think people will be pretty happy buying it. Uh, a lot more chance of getting something, getting a hit of of sorts. I I don't think the card prices for Scarlet and Violet are gonna like dramatically increase <laughs> anytime soon. I <laughs> I do wonder how much of. I guess I I shouldn't say I, I wonder. Like I think we all have. I think in hindsight. And during it, it was it was very obvious that the reason Pokemon cards jumped up so much in price was literally because of the pandemic and people having extra money because they weren't going anywhere. <laughs> they were stuck at home. Uh, right. It probably also safe to say that Logan Paul did not help that situation at all in sure. any way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but... The thing is, is that it's been very interesting to see how the Scarlet Violet era just has not kept up with the same price, the same pricing as older generations. Maybe that will change once it gets closer to the end. And uh, it's just so much harder because the price of everything went up. The price of all the products went up, but then the cards themselves are decreasing in value so much quicker. And so, you know, if you wait a few weeks, it makes it tough to say, oh, go spend $100 on a couple elite, elite trainer boxes, but the most expensive card in the set is not worth $100. And, you know, it, and it is now, right? There's a Charizard in this set. But to, to be fair with that, there was a, there's a Charizard in this set. And typically a week before the set comes out, the distributors get the 
get their stuff. And then some people are able to open stuff early, right? So you do see things pop up on eBay where people have opened cards a few days earlier or a week early or something, and they pull the Charizard or they pull the whatever the popular card is, and they go on eBay and put it up there. And earlier this week, that Charizard was going for about $300. They were selling for about $300 prior to the set coming out. Today, I checked it last night. Last night, they were selling, that Charizard is selling for anywhere between 150 and bucks. Two days into the set being out. (laughs) That it's already dropped half, you know, and yeah. it will no no. There's no uh, doubt it'll drop to probably about a hundred bucks or less within a month. You know, it's not all about it's not obviously not all about money. But if you are want to get the Charizard, are you going to go and spend a hundred dollars on opening packs and maybe getting it, or just spend a hundred dollars on the Charizard because that yeah. has dropped in value so quickly? So it, you know, it's not like. It's not all, it is kind of about money because you're buying this to collect the cards. So if you can go buy the cards for cheaper than the product, then, you know, it, it's hard to say, go spend a bunch of money on the set, especially if it's not super, if the cards aren't super competitive, you know, because if it's not like you could get a bunch of competitive stuff, then it's also a bit tough to go buy packs to open by singles. Yeah. I mean, that's always been the argument though, right? I mean, singles have always been kind of the way to go if you're playing competitive rather than opening a bunch of packs, just go yeah. buy the singles. That's from, always been the case. It's and it's not just the case. the case in Pokemon. Right. It's always been the case. But even from a collector standpoint now, it's just those these cards are not holding value. Now the cards in Sword and Shield era, they're still holding value. That there's an Umbreon that's worth like five hundred, six hundred dollars. That's still worth five hundred, six hundred dollars. There's pretty much any of the EV are the still worth is like four hundred north. Yeah, they're north of $100 for all of the alt art EV evolutions. Held their prices, you know, sun and moon era stuff. They're still holding prices for a lot of those cards or have increased recently at times. Um, Scarlet Violet is not. It's weird. <laughs> I guess what I'm hearing is just that the cards are slightly more accessible than they used to be. I'm still yeah. kind of enjoying watching the online market be decimated because it was not fun to watch all of the stampedes and violence that happened around the prices of pokemon cards which Mm -hmm. we will talk more about (laughs) but i don't know these cards there it really depends on where you get your joy out of it if you're looking for a specific card either to collect or to play then yeah probably buying singles is still and kind of always has been the best way to go about it but also these cards are continually getting better in both in just sort of the enjoyment of opening a pack the art looks better the likelihood of finding a really cool card i feel like is higher than ever Mm -hmm. yep i don't know i totally agree i mean and i think the best thing you can do is like you can have a nice mixture of i like to open packs so i'll open a bunch of packs i will then go to my local card shop trade what cards i don't want i can you know trade for stuff i do want things like that so i mean it's definitely a nice mix and just the accessibility of the cards is great um i know people were worried with paldean fates they were thinking oh no is this going to be like another shining fates situation uh where it's impossible to get but i can open up various apps for stores right now and go pick up the stuff within an hour i mean best buy target walmart the big box stores, they all have it in stock. There's not like 
a rush of it getting sold out, which I is, mean, I think this is, is a nice this change. Is part and why the cards are not expensive because <laughs> they're yeah expensive. right. I mean, it's it, it's a it, you know it, that's how it goes. I guess if things are more accessible, they're they're printing more of it, then there's more out there, so they're they're not going to hold their value. Um, which, as a collector, I actually I appreciate that because again, I can go get cards or I can go buy cards, and it's not going to be ridiculous and wild for me to to go buy a card that I want. I, I actually enjoy the fact that the cards aren't like staying at 300, 400, 500 dollars for, you know, these cards. Um Yeah, and Pokemon has never benefited monetarily directly from the secondhand market. Oh, no. yeah. They benefited so they from they the hype around it, but clearly the hype around it is not where it used to be. So I think what they're doing seems to be working where more people can actually go out and get the cards. Yeah, I mean, and you saw that from even Shining Fates. I was just having a conversation with someone about this the other day. Um, you're still able to find Shining Fates in stores because they printed so much of it after people had like such a backlash to it being unavailable that two years later, it's still sitting in stores because they were like, oh, well, now we printed a bunch of it. And everyone's like, well, we don't want we don't want it now. <laughs> you know, it's two years old. <laughs> so it's just sitting. Uh, yeah, I mean, like the overprinting is is nice for people who just want to walk in and buy cards and it probably really helps with the the impulse buy because i think i mean that that I, f I feel like that is how a lot of people get back into pokemon cards is like i'm gonna impulse buy and now all of a sudden i'm 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 back into this and now i want to buy more and then when you hit that wall of like oh nothing's in stock i wanted to open up something tonight or this weekend and I got to go online and things are more expensive because it's hard to find, then you just kind of fall out of it. I do think that's like a different conversation of what happened with the pandemic where people weren't, I want to get back into this. It was more, how can I make money quickly <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, there was a, there was definitely a huge uptick in that with a uh, pandemic, um, unfortunately, but I think there's another conversation to be had about the TCG and TikTok shop feeling like it's shoving TCG down your throat every... Maybe I'm on that side maybe of TikTok. Your, maybe down your throat. <laughs> <laughs> there are... I'm, all I'm saying is there's... A, whether you see it or not, depending on your algorithm, there's a lot of people that are selling you Pokemon cards on TikTok shop. And cheaper, I, from what I've been told, uh, quite a bit cheaper. I don't actually, I stopped using TikTok, TikTok a while ago, and so I haven't been a part of seeing it, but friends of mine have been buying cards on TikTok and for quite a bit cheaper <laughs> than you can buy them in a store. For yeah, the TikTok shop has had a bunch of discounts going on for a very long time, and I'm not quite sure how they're doing that. I don't know that. how that works. I don't, I don't <laughs> know why they're so cheap. <laughs> I don't know, but it's making things quite cheap, and it's it's weird. <laughs> I, I don't know yeah. why, how they're selling booster packs for so much cheaper than other places, but I don't understand how like how even like um the smaller card shops are doing it either though. You know? Uh, the prices all went up. The distributors did not lower their prices. They raised them when Scarlet Violet came out. And the shops are still selling them for the same lower prices as they used to sell like all the older stuff for. So I don't know if we're going to like in the next in the coming couple of years, either they're going to shift away from having a lot of Pokemon stuff, these smaller shops, or they're going to either raise their prices or they're going to go out of business. But 
they're selling at what seems like not even a profit for them, which is very odd. It is weird because like a lot of the card shops don't really make money on selling booster packs. They make money on like Friday Night Magic. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, that's true. I guess they, like that's the confusing part about like the TikTok shop is like they're selling it for so cheap. And like, sure, they're buying bulk to like save money. But I feel like after shipping, your margins are just so thin. It's like, is it is it w worth that? Because like a, a card shop, yeah, they can sell booster packs in between things, but they're still they're still making most of their overhead from like events or tournaments or uh, just yeah, events and tournaments. Other stuff. They have other things. Yeah, they have other things they can sell. They're not just selling one one type of product. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. I have no idea how it works. Honestly, right. I haven't looked too into it. <laughs> uh I we thought this we thought this saga was over, but it will it will never end. Van Gogh will haunt us forever. <laughs> <laughs> this is off Pokey Beach. Uh they they've been they've been following this uh for a while here. Uh, titled Van Gogh Museum Fires Employees for Embezzling During Pokemon Collaboration. New details emerge. The Dutch newspaper Het Perul, I probably said that very wrong, has learned that at least four employees of Van Gogh Museum was fired last month due to embezzling during the October Pokemon Collaboration. The museum did not say how many employees were involved but the newspaper reports that at least four were terminated, including security guards, cashiers, and even a member of the cloakroom staff. One of the employees worked for the museum for 25 years. In a statement to the newspaper, the Van Gogh Museum confirms, quote, some employees from operational services, end quote, did not adhere to the procedures of code and contact expected of staff. However, the museum regarded this as an isolated incident. Uh, the newspaper learned that one fired employee embezzled an entire box of the Pikachu promo cards. Other employees gave insider information to scalpers so they would know when the Pokemon Van Gogh merchandise would be in stock. The newspaper mistakenly reports uh, this as the cards would be in stock, but corrected that it was the, the merchandise in general. Uh, the museum would stock the merchandise at random times to give visitors a chance to buy, meaning the insider information allowed scalpers to purchase their administration tickets exactly at the right times. And there's more here if you want to read on Pokey Beach, but <laughs> I think that gives you the gist of what was happening. I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not surprised by this. Um, just because of how wild all of that was at the time um this isn't really surprising to me uh I, I saw there was also information about people like employees were buying were buying things prior to the store being open or something so I, it was in the article as well there's talk about people were buying stuff or maybe selling stuff before so there was receipts that would show this item was purchased at 8 45 in the morning when store didn't open until 9 a.m and I guess that was also a violation of sorts, um, which I don't know. I mean, I've worked in places where people bought stuff before the store opened because they're working at the store, and yeah. so they're. But 
I think this is probably a special situation that was such a uh, in demand item. Yeah. The... I can't say I'm like super surprised. It's a bummer. It's sad, but it's there was a lot that went on in that time when that Pikachu card came out. It it's was a, it's a whole mess. Yeah. Huge, huge mess. So one of the other surprised. things that this article quotes is saying when you make minimum wage, some will fold. That being one of the reasons some of the employees probably participated in some of this, which Yeah. Yeah. And then actually the the funny part at the bottom, I thought not funny. They added photos from the anime that made it funny. <laughs> was that when they ended the card promotion, it was because there was a robbery outside the building by a bunch of 16-year-olds on bikes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the people that got robbed were scalpers, apparently. Yeah. So, uh, so It's just a whole mess. Yeah. Uh, there was a scalper that said, quote, there was always a line of people outside the museum waiting to buy the promos and merchandise. A lot of foreigners and kids were going in 5, 10, 20 times a day. Kids could get in for free, so they would sell us the promo for 70 to 30 euros and then go back in to get go back in for free and get us more promos. I went in 30 to 50 times myself to get the card. Those kids. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um. Seriously. I think when, it's, when I was a kid, it was like you go to lemonade stand. You go to the store, you buy a twelve pack of soda for three bucks, and then you sell the cans for fifty cents. And <laughs> yeah, no, what 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 it was here was when I was a kid, you would go to the donut place and get a big bucket, like paint sized bucket of day old donuts for five dollars, and sell them for two bucks each in high school. Wow. Dang, that's the <laughs> high profit margins on that. You should put that yeah, on TikTok. Yeah, but not shop. as high as going into the Van Gogh Museum and coming out for zero dollars, but getting seventy euros out of it. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I will say, when I was in middle school, my friend and I had a thing where we uh, we basically invented a multi level marketing situation where <laughs> we basically just told people like, "Hey, once you like hit a certain level, you can start asking for things too." And so, if you do things. You get up and you you level up, and once you get to a certain level, you, you get stuff. So uh, you know there it happens. You know whether or not, whether you're when you're a kid and you look you find that opportunity, and then you start to realize, oh, this isn't nice. These aren't good things <laughs> to do. This shouldn't do these things. Sometimes you accidentally start MLM. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> I I don't. I I think we put a lot of the blame on Pokemon. Uh, when we initially talked about this, and like, why yeah, doesn't the why doesn't the museum hire more security, or why doesn't the museum handle this? But it seems the museum was in on this. Obviously, now that, that well, like, it was two, but it, it was two different situations because when we were commenting on things back in October, uh, and there's a, I, was that the last time I was on this show? I feel like Van Gogh Pikachu yeah. is now my thing for when I come on the show. Um. We were talking about the people that couldn't, that were like scrambling to buy stuff, right? There was that video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where people were rushing the museum shop Basically to- Basically climbing all over each other. Yeah, to, to buy the stuff. And at that point, it seemed like, well, they probably need more security. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they probably need to organize this a little bit better. Um, I feel like this is a little separate of that because it sounds like that was much more coordinated. Whereas what we saw in that video was there was no coordination. 
that. Yeah, that was the first day. And from my understanding, after the first day, they got it under control. And then, but now we're reading that two security guards were telling scalpers when things were getting restocked and when they should show up. Um, Yeah, I mean, they saw the opportunity and and they went with what was happening. Yeah, I mean, they got kids going in there 30 to... Wait, because the, the kids have to go through the thing to get right. They're going in for free to right. They had to go to the free. end to get the card at the end and all that stuff. Right. That's what it turned right. into. So these people are seeing the the employees are seeing kid the same kid go into a, the museum thirty to fifty times. Yeah, I feel like maybe after not, the third or fourth time, you kind of catch thinking, on. <laughs> know, so yeah, I don't. I oh, don't know. You catch Steve, on like, after the first day when there are people climbing over mm-hmm. each other trying to buy this right. product. Right. But it's, like, so. I don't know if this is how it was for you when you worked at the Apple store, Steve, but when the iPhone was early with the the 3G, 3GS, the early iPhones, we'd have people, you could only buy five because people were buying them and then they would sell them overseas because they weren't really, they weren't readily available and yeah, they weren't released. And so they were selling them for three, four, five times as much as they actually cost overseas. Um, We'd have people that would come in, they would buy five iPhones, they would leave they would put on a different outfit and put on like a hat. I literally, I, and they would come back in an hour later. And I remember calling someone out. Like I was like, I just helped. I, I know I just helped you, but you, you have like a mustache on now or something like <laughs> literally changing, disguising themselves to buy extra iPhones. Uh, you know, once that happens a few times, you kind of catch on. So it's like they had to have just been. You know, this is the security, I guess, or whoever it was, just seeing these kids come in 30 times or whatever. And I mean, it sounds like it was people throughout the entirety of the museum in all sorts of roles. Because they did say four people were fired, but they didn't say that there were only four people involved. Yeah. Right, they, right. I yes. think the article yeah. did say that. So I, the, I do wonder, like, uh, how many did not people want to say how many were, employees were involved. Yeah, how were a part of all of it. And if it was just kind of the higher ups, maybe that, like the people that, or whatever, or the, whoever, I don't know who, but it's interesting that only four people got fired. There were more people involved in it. They were probably the four people who did things that were specifically against written rules and predetermined right. rules. Oh, like this take is a, a whole, complicated like, situation, like, and they, they probably didn't have rules. Yeah, like take a box yeah, of the take cards. a box. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still think there's a lot of blame to be put on the Pokemon company. That like the easiest thing they could have done is just print more cards. Which I think they're doing, right? I think the cards just, are coming back. Yes, they're just doing the another reprint though. of cards. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In, the, in certain shops in the, in the Netherlands, we'll be able to get them and then give them out with purchases. Or that. Um, but it seems like it's specifically there. Also, like when you, when, you, when, when you pay people minimum wage and they can barely afford to pay rent or get groceries. They just don't care. I remember when the I Choose You movie was in theaters, and that was the, what what card? They they were handing out a special Pikachu card for that. Yeah, it was an Ash's Hat Pikachu. Ash's Hat Pikachu promo card. Yeah. And I remember walking out of the theater, and uh, there was a whole stack of those Pikachu cards on where the guy takes your ticket. I don't know what that's called, where they like check your ticket to let you in. Mm-hmm. And I watched a dad just grab the entire stack and kept just grabbed it and kept walking as he left the the thing. Yeah, that's a terrible thing for that person to do, and and he should feel bad. Although he was very confused during the movie why 
the Pokemon said their own names, and he made that very clear when the credits rolled. He's like, I didn't understand why they all said their names, um, which is very memorable. But <laughs> the employees working at the movie theater getting paid what like seven twenty five an hour. They they don't, they don't care. Like, who cares if the cards go missing? Like, that doesn't come out of their paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, those cards are worth about 10 to 20 bucks a piece now. That Those I Choose You Pikachu cap I'm, cards. I'm sure so he didn't sell it. I'm sure they're in a landfill now. <laughs> probably. It's just that there are people who... Well, and then the obviously the felt hat Pikachu is still worth a lot of money. But, um, you know, it's like people don't think... It's like, oh, whatever, just cards. We'll just, we're just going to print more of them or whatever. But then you go and look and it's like, oh, well, if that person just took a stack of cards, that's possibly like $2,000 they're about to make, like depending on how many cards are in that stack or whatever. And it's just, I don't know. It's like a bummer to see that stuff happen. And obviously, like the employees are like, well, whatever, it's not our stuff. But it's like there are kids who were like want to, Come get that card. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's a tricky situation you know? in a few ways, but also I want that card. They're not paid enough to. <laughs> they're not paid enough to get into a fight with some guy who just grabbed a hundred cards. Yeah, right. Like, like, yeah. If you if you're the sixteen year old checking tickets and you see a grown man grab twenty sealed cards, like, what are you gonna do? Wrestle him down? You don't get paid enough for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. In some like in places, you're not even allowed. Like, yeah, you're not I know supposed to. You're not even allowed to. Like, you have to let only security because otherwise, I think like you can get sued. Like, if you hurt the person in the on the premises, then like they can sue the company for that or whatever. Unless it's like security. So in some cases, you just have to let them go. Um, it's probably the safest decision, honestly. If somebody is stealing something, to probably not chase after them. Anyway still a bummer well we'll we'll circle back in a month when we'll find out even more about the van gogh pikachu (laughs) (laughs) hopefully hopefully this is kind of it yeah i mean like i think these events are cool i think having a card to go with the event is cool hopefully they learn to do this better in the future because i think this event was ruined for a lot of people yeah, it was a really fantastic event that everybody was really excited about when it first opened, but but it was a mess. It was short-lived excitement, though. We only found out about it like a few days before it yeah. started, and then it immediately turned into chaos, and yeah. it was like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> this isn't as fun as it was, should have been. Still real pretty art, though. Yeah, art is good. Uh, okay, let's wrap up with some Pokemon Go news. Nothing too exciting. First off, there is a visual change to Pokemon Go. Um, I believe That's exciting. That... What? That's it's exciting. Cool. Oh, yeah. The visual change to the game? It's been like the same for eight years. Um, I believe that's being tested in New Zealand right now. Uh, all, all the Pokemon Go website says is visual changes in the game. In the game, the Pokemon Go map, including encounter streams, are changing it looks like they're based off biomes so you'll kind of know what biome you're in when you encounter the pokemon uh i've seen a couple screenshots it's, it looks cool yeah some of them look really cool i think it's funny you're saying in, in case you don't know what biome you're in like oh i'm at the beach and there there happens to be a beach scene in the game 
Sometimes you know don't know. I, I, when you're when you're on the outskirts of yeah, a city, sometimes you line. don't know. Yeah, I am in actually I live in a situation like that where it's like right between two different bio it's like city versus I don't know, whatever the waterfront or something. Something like that. So it changes. It can yeah, definitely. But still I just if you're outside, hopefully you have some idea maybe of what I am possibly. I don't have this in the show notes, but they like redid the news tab or whatever in the game. How do you feel about that? I think it. I think it's better. Like how it's organized it's now. Better too. It just. It's a little. <laughs> That's the right way to go about it. I think it's better to question mark. There's that <laughs> yeah. little bit well, of hesitation where we're not quite sure. <laughs> I think I just. I did like how before the middle tab was just really your uh the tasks that you had and now it like just like oh there's a bunch of other information right there front and center now mm-hmm. and then the events tab when there's not something ha- there's not a timed research happening there's just a lot of empty space because it just shows you what the next event is yeah so it's like oh there's like i don't know it's a little it- confusing it's a little visually confusing uh, I think Although it's I better. do really like how when there is an event going on, you can actually see what's happening just yes. right there without having to scroll past all of the descriptions of the bonuses that are active. Yes, I do like that. And I do like how quickly you can see how much time is left in an event just because yes. of that, because like you're not having too. to scroll through a bunch. So I think overall, I do think it's better. It just was quite jarring <laughs> when I opened the <laughs> yeah. my app and was like, whoa, what is happening here? No, I'm, I'm looking at it now and I, I do I do think it's better. I'm the person that has like the the claim rewards like stacked up to like a hundred because yeah, it'll pop nice. up and then I'll run away and I'll never catch it. And they made that like button smaller, which was like nice. Yeah, nice. It's, yeah, it's a lot slimmer at the top now, or not as tall. And they have coins, gyms, your streak, and showcases all in the same spot, which is great. Mm-hmm. It's almost like maybe there should be a fourth tab. There's three tabs. I see what you guys just, are saying where the today is like a lot bigger mm-hmm. than events. But I don't I think, think that daily activities should be under events. Yeah, no, I feel I like those should be under something labeled today, but maybe maybe honestly the daily research should be in its own tab. Like the, the research the yeah, research, the research tasks, tasks Yeah. Should that, be in their own tab. Right. Um yeah, because like Steve, the ones that are stacked up, those are not from today. <laughs> Years worth of tasks. Oh, I'm sure they go way, way past Korea. I'm sure there's some Korean hat EVs in there or something. I think it was just when they introduced it, there wasn't a timed research happening. And so when you went over to the events tab, it was just like Porygon Community Day Classic was like the only thing there. And it was just all completely empty. And it was it was like, well... Yeah, I could see why it would be empty you for know. some people. Like, I have the expedition thing. Oh, yeah, you bought the tickets. Yeah, well, I was gifted that one. Um, True. I did get taken treasure. I did buy that myself for the $5. <laughs> I just have oh. the community day yeah. chancy on my oh, screen Oh, yeah, right yours now, looks so very empty. Okay. Yeah, no, mine yeah, yes. well, I have the very taken empty treasure. Screen. <laughs> I can't see my screen, but I have the taken treasure one as well right you know, now. You know but the yeah, reason why I bought taken treasure is... Literally, if I'm going to be forced to do Team Rocket, I want more rewards. Like I <laughs> like that was it. Like if like I hate Team Rocket so much that I'm gonna spend five dollars. 
and I'm going to so unlock this. Spend more book. money on it. They really it, got you there. They did. They did. I cannot. Whatever the like, get from level forty-five to forty-six has ruined my yeah. enjoyment of anything Team Rocket related. You had to mm-hmm. do so many battles to just level up, and it was a nightmare. But it's easy. I don't know. I haven't had a challenge with battling Team Rocket in years. Not since the first week the bosses came out. I don't I don't know. I agree with with Steve. I mean, I'm also one of those people who it's like, oh, I can like I really like having like the research task, like uh, some kind of like research thing to do while playing the game. And so I know a lot of people are like, I hate that they keep adding these two dollar tickets in for blah blah blah. And I'm just like, no, I'm good with it. Cause like Oh, I like having something to do. I just don't want to have to pay yeah. for something to do. <laughs> I just but like I'm like yeah, I mean sure, if it was not if you didn't have to pay for it, but like you do, and so I do. <laughs> like, <laughs> no one you know. listening is surprised that you pay for each one, Bobby. Steve, you spend more money on Pokemon stuff than I do. I don't even know why people are always calling me out for spending money on stuff. You have like fifteen hundred dollars worth of Pokeballs behind you. It's true. I like them a lot. I think they're great. <laughs> Some of the YouTube shorts paid for their own Pokeballs. They made enough ad <laughs> revenue. It was like they're free. Not at all that of point. them. <laughs> Not all of them. Some of them. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, I think the combination of like Shadow Kyogre, Shadow Ho Oh coming back at the same time. I do like the pose that they had. I think really this is the only money I've spent in January is five dollars. Everything else wow. I either skipped or was gifted to me by somebody on my friends list, which is like, can't stop that from happening. Lucky I'm like, Steve you can't here. actually. There's a setting. Oh, oh, oh well, okay. <laughs> Look, I, no, no one's turning that setting on. If people want to gift me, that's fine. I'll take the gift. <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I, I, I've definitely been in the position where I've been with people and it's going to be like a Pokemon Go heavy day. And I, I have gifted them the like ticket. And maybe that's like the selfishness of me of like, oh, if they have the gifted ticket, they'll play longer with me. And that's like, uh. yeah, they'll, they'll actually play. They'll play more. Um, but it could just be the feeling of they'll get more enjoyment out of the day. That's a generous feeling. Yeah. Again, I said this last week. I, I don't think the Ni- Niantic is boosting tickets to make up for lost revenue. I I. I I think that's a very narrow way of looking at things. I think they're I think they're doing this because they would have always done this. Whether remote raid passes were a dollar or two dollars, unlimited or not limited, I think this was always coming to the game um, because it's just another revenue source for them. And I think it's easier to do that gifting that I just explained when you're playing with people versus like I think that's a lot harder of a of a sell when it comes to raiding. And this is coming from somebody who who does a lot of well I don't do a lot of raids. Um I play a lot of Pokemon Go, but like if somebody was like, "Hey, join this Darkrai raid." I would almost always say no. Like I don't want to spend a dollar on Darkrai. I don't want to spend $2. On- I have 3 shiny Darkrai. Like I don't care about a Hundo. I don't care about a shiny Hundo. Like the only way I think I would like join that Darkrai is if the person who's asking me doesn't have a Darkrai and they're like, "I need help with that Darkrai." Yeah. That's the thing. That's when I join raids too. When somebody really wants to catch the Pokemon and actually might not have one yet. I'll probably never do a Darkrai raid again. <laughs> just like, I just no need to. 
And they're mm-hmm. they're even worse. But the Darkrai is actually kind of a good Pokemon to do. Like, uh, let's bring up the Regis. Who like, I will like <laughs> never need to do a Reg Regice ever in my life, or like a Regigigas. I have 40 Regice in my storage right now. And it took me 40 Regice to get a shiny Regice in Pokemon Co. And it barely looks any different. I never <laughs> want to see Regice again in my life. Who pays more for Pokemon Go now? <laughs> Pokemon Go, I will say. But Pokemon in general, it's Steve. That's true. This is like one of my... This is our last bit of Pokemon Go news. This is probably one of my favorite events they do every year, which is the Lunar New Year event. Um, they're going to be introducing Drampa. Drampa also will be shiny right away. There will be an increased lucky chance, increased chance for lucky Pokemon while trading, increased chance to become lucky friends, uh, additional candy for nice, great, or excellent throws, additional XL candy for the same thing, Magikarp, Dratini, Shuckle, Fennekin, Skrelp, and Noibat in the wild. If you're lucky, you'll find Jangma-O. One-star raids will be Dratini, Dino, Gumi. Three-star raids will be Drudigan, Turtonator, Drampa, which I it's kind of funny having like those three dragons in raids. I don't know if that was like <laughs> the the long con, but I do think that's like I don't know. It's it, it, I kind of like they all kind of go together. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the first time, at least for like it's the first time where I feel actually feel like oh, I kind of want to do three-star raids. Like <laughs> yeah, it's always in a while. usually three-star like, raids looking really good this week. Usually the three-star raids are Pokemon that are evolved, so they can't be shiny. Mm -hmm. Like, they're usually just not... They have some purpose, I'm sure, that I just is not for me. But when I saw these three-star raids, I was kind of surprised. Oh, I actually might actually actually do some three-star raids. For a while, the thing they had going on with three-star raids was that they had the Pokemon in three-star raids that would have been strong attackers for the five-star raids. Right, okay, yeah. uh, But this time... They are Pokemon with exciting shinies. Yeah. I will say, going back to the events tab thing, why isn't that event in the like upcoming event? Like there's an upcoming events section yeah. and it only has the Chansey Community Day in it. Yeah. Why not put the Lunar New Year's event? It and, should be there. And you know, I think that's a, why I was a little unsure about this change, because their communication has been kind of iffy for the last since they laid off two hundred people. And that should be there. There is a blog post for this event. They should have that event in the well, upcoming news go in game. To news, yeah. And you can actually click on it and look at the blog post. Yeah. And it's like they have the infographics now that they're making. They have all this stuff. Like you could just put that in there and click, <laughs> be able to click it and have the infographic pop up or something. Like. Yep. And it could be right there. Like it's. it's yeah, there and waiting this is happening this. in less than two <laughs> weeks. This is happening in one week. Yeah. February 5th it's it starts. Happening, yeah, it happens right the day after the Chansey Community Day. So they could put it right in there with it. Uh, there will be and paid research. Don't you worry. Don't your little wallet worry for $2. Awesome. Uh, you will get Stardust XP, two lucky eggs, encounters with event-themed Pokemon. That's all it says? That doesn't seem that great? I mean, $2 is also one of the less expensive tickets. Yeah, there's no clothing. It doesn't look like what does a lucky egg cost these days. Lucky, lucky egg is eighty like... cents, so you're spending forty more cents for unsure. That's where this is where <laughs> I don't like the special research. I've always, if the special research is always something I'm going to buy, 
but I'm saving money, then it always feels like not like a deal, but like compelling, like mm-hmm. like a like a sale, I guess. Of like, if it was like three lucky eggs, which why is it not three lucky eggs? It would be like okay, three lucky eggs is more than two dollars, so I'm going to get three lucky eggs anyways. I'm saving money there. I'm also getting bonus XP. I'm also getting bonus Stardust, and then I'm also getting encounters with eventing Pokemon. So it's probably like what a Drampa, a Drudigan, and a Turtonator. You would assume with better IVs than you would be able to get in the wild. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you even talk like that, like with if it, if it is like Drampa, Drudigan, or whatever, like those are raids you have to do, right? So now you just you know if you know if you other than your daily raid, now you're also like that's a dollar like for to go do a Drampa and a Drudigan raid like a day or whatever. Yeah. Um. So then you're saving too, I guess, or it's a deal. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see what it is when it arrives. Um. Speaking of communication, maybe they should communicate a little bit better where my $2 is going. <laughs> I would like to know <laughs> beforehand, instead of relying on like Leak Duck to be like, oh, okay, is this actually worth it? Uh, yeah. There will also be a global challenge. So if we get, what is it? How many zeros one billion. is this? Is it a it's billion? one billion. If we get one billion nice throws, we will unlock bonuses for all trainers to enjoy. Um, they're saying the first one is a ground, second one is a ground, third is a fairy, fourth is a dragon, and the last one is normal. The last one's Drampa, right? Like this. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and then there will be different spawns in the wild. There will be a question mark, question mark, question mark, one star raid, and a question mark, question mark, shiny three star raid. Yeah, it is interesting to note that of the global challenge wild encounters. Six of the seven can be shiny. Yeah. Like the seventh one can't be shiny, whatever it is. Probably Jangma-O still, depending on if they're just yeah. going to extend the original encounters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're saying the one star cannot be shiny either. Could be Jangma. Probably Maybe Jangma, Jangma right? In one yeah. star raids then. Which would be cool. Have them, I guess. Unknown D, D for dragon. Cannot. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> that should be shiny. <laughs> Uh, uh yeah we completely that's... skipped over the the quality of life improvements oh do you want to go over those i would love to go over the quality of life improvements because these are actually giving me hope <laughs> so <laughs> they haven't been i guess they they were officially regard uh, like they made a blog post saying some things are changing one of the things is the biomes in the background but another one of the things is that they are both adding buttons to revive all and heal all Pokemon in battles when you're in gyms. So that's going to make that a lot faster. And they are also adding a ready button for a single player, or at least they're testing. They are testing the introduction of a ready button for single players in raids after, I believe, 30 seconds of waiting in a lobby on your own. So you don't have to wait out the entire timer when you're just doing a raid by yourself, which... I think is honestly huge. Uh, And the introduction of actual quality of life improvements like this does make me feel a little bit more hopeful that they're working on that this year. Instead of just going, we need new things, new things, new things, new things. They're actually starting to improve some of the things that actually exist. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Um, Did you see the other one that just the other quality of life improvement that like just it's showing up for some trainers now as of like last night. Uh, they show type effective. 
against oh, grunts really? yes. and raids. Yeah. Now. And so it'll show your moves and whether it's super effective or not very effective. Um, it's only showing up for some trainers, but it, as of like last night, it just started. Nice. Too, so. Yeah. Nice to, nice to see some of that stuff finally come through. <laughs> also, this is not new, but it is a quality of life. Just a reminder that you can download the assets. Again, not new at yep. all. But if, <laughs> if you go into your advanced settings in your game, this is both on Android and Apple. This was something Harry Potter had, which was like Harry Potter had it since day one. And it was like, why isn't this in Pokemon Go? Uh, but if you go into your advanced settings, you can hit the download all assets. Just make sure you're on Wi-Fi and you're at home. And you can download pretty much all like the images that make up the Pokemon or make up the Pokedex or just make up the game files in total. It does take a bit of space on your phone just a heads up there but uh it makes your game run way way smoother um yep. so this might be very useful to somebody who's like an older phone um you do and have if you've to clicked that button before you do have to go in and kind of click it again every once in a while because they keep introducing new things and they don't automatically download yeah it doesn't automatically download but even if you do it once and you forget about it for like six months it's still like you're downloading yeah, still the, totally worth it you're downloading the bulk of things so yeah, I would I would say that it's kind of cool that there's all these little things that they're doing, the biomes, the the Team Rocket stuff, the revive all, the changing the today view. All of these have kind of happened in the last like 2 weeks. Um and it's shocking cuz like it's all positive stuff that they've been doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully there's more to come. Because they haven't really put out, like, I would expect, well, maybe not, because Niantic's very bad at communication. I would expect them to put out a big blog post of, like, here is a bunch of quality of life stuff we've done. It's all been finalized. It should be rolling out to all trainers. Um, because, obviously, if you're not in New Zealand right now, you don't know what the biome stuff looks like unless you go online and look it up. Um, but hopefully there's a big update and there's even more stuff coming, I would hope. We have what? What's it? The Sinnoh tour in three weeks. I think Is that already three weeks away. Yeah. I think it's wow. less. Wow, seventeenth. I think it is fifteenth. Seventeenth and eighteenth. Seventeenth and eighteenth. Okay, the weekend after Valentine's Day. Yes, because I'm flying on Valentine's Day. Nice. Ouch. It was the it was the cheapest flight. <laughs> I had to get paid for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty much our show for you all today. I had that, you know, there was boosted outbreaks uh, for Scarlet and Violet, but by the time this goes up, that'll be gone. But they did put Fluttermane and Iron Jugulus in raids. They did Rare Mark boosted. The cool thing about the boosted outbreaks, real quick, was just you could get the opposite version. Skrelp, Gulpin, whatever versions they were exclusive to, they appeared in both games and vice versa. There's two other Pokemon, Stunky and Launcher. Um, so they all four you appeared. To, you didn't have to pay to win. No pay, to, to, win pay to win there. Because they <laughs> swapped them for you. Yeah, finally, you can get your competitive Stunky without <laughs> needing to trade or pay for the other version of the game. Papa Pikachu looking out for those competitive players. You don't know more hacked stunkies for anyone. <laughs> Could have Rare Mark or the other one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Perfect. Um, hey, we did 600 episodes. I did a post on Patreon how I my life life has been tough for me i did a post on patreon and i there was a lot of deadlines i wanted to hit with 600 that i weren't it wasn't able to hit one of the things i wanted to do for 600 was to go back and listen to the very first episode and provide commentary on it i don't know what that's called besides providing commentary you know like on a simpsons dvd where they're like oh let's watch the episode together and i'll give you behind i think it's just called commentary yeah, like a director's like a director's common yeah or something like that. so yeah. i so i did that it was only you know a, a week late which isn't the worst i guess uh so that's up on patreon on the exclusive premium feed also if you're in apple podcasts it's there too um apple podcast is really cool because if you're on iphone you can just do a two two week free trial you could listen to all the bonus episodes you could cancel it or if you want to keep it uh you get ad free episodes every week so you don't have to listen to the ads you get all the bonus episodes when it comes up so there is value to the Apple podcast. Obviously, make Apple. If, if there's any company that makes it very easy to give you money, it's it's Apple. <laughs> but support it like if you if you do subscribe on Apple Podcasts, that that does. I, I do that does benefit the show. Obviously, Patreon does as well. So um, there was a real good response to that. Uh, so I guess I'm going to do another commentary episode for february as well uh for patreon people probably won't be episode two because <laughs> i just we cannot do once a month one episode at a time we'll never get through it so i'll i'll try to find a called job security <laughs> <laughs> just me every How long week is 600 months <laughs> i'll eventually catch up i'll just do it every week where I I have to like I think I think that episode is so enjoyable for probably other people to listen to. The first five minutes of that podcast of me listening to myself fourteen years ago was the hardest thing I think I've ever done. It was the most <laughs> cringy thing that I felt. First off, I sound like I'm out of breath in that episode. It sounds like I ran on a treadmill and then I decided to whisper into a microphone at 4 a.m. It was... <laughs> if that's worth $5 to you, patreon.com slash pkm pkmncast I don't know why I sounded out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> it was very hard to get through to to be like I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can listen to myself 26 minutes and post this. I I think it turned out okay. I think it was very fun. Um so that's that's on Patreon now. Um I'm going to assume that there's going to be a 7 star raid announced tonight since it's been 2 weeks. So uh if you're listening to this on Monday, I'll probably be doing raid builds on Monday. If you don't, if you can't make it over to Twitch, uh, it will probably go up on YouTube for you to watch on Tuesday or Wednesday for whatever seven star raid it ends up being. Um, I don't know. Actually, at this point, I don't. Uh, maybe they're saving Blastoise and Venusaur for P Pokemon Day. Um, uh, but maybe, maybe Blastoise, what? maybe Venusaur, maybe Torterra. Who knows? I don't know what they're doing. I don't, was it? it was just Blaziken, right? It was just Blaziken, yeah. yeah. 
if it, if they do like septile, it's gonna be dragon type, right? Like that's that's like that's has the, to be. Yeah, that's the yeah. obvious for septile. <laughs> yeah, which would be good during Lunar New Year Ooh, time frame. True. true. In that would be that would be true. I should just start building for Dragon Septile right now. There's no way <laughs> that Septile isn't anything but Dragon. Sure. Have they done, have they done raids in the past? I'm just trying to think of like a mega Pokemon whose type changed or like who got a new who like got an added type. Charizard. And then Okay, and then Charizard, but they did uh Dark type Charizard. <laughs> No, when Charizard was Dragon for the first seven star. They gave us. Oh, a sorry. Free... I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the um the TCG. They gave us yes. They gave us a free Dark Terra Charizard as a gift to line up with the TCG as a mystery gift. Okay, yeah. that was it. Right, but the first one was a Dragon. The first Charizard was a Dragon Terra. Yeah. Yes. So then pattern. Yeah. Septile will be Dragon. <laughs> no, Septile has to be Dragon. <laughs> has to be. <laughs> Wait, what's the other? Except, uh, was it Trico, Mudkip, Torchic? Yeah, so it'd be Swampert, but but that's that, that that's the same mega, the right? Same. It's what still... was what was Blaziken? Blaziken was flying, which makes sense because it's a bird. <laughs> kind of. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a bird that can't fly. It's a Blaziken. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. <laughs> I think the flying for Blaziken makes sense, and I think the dragon for Sceptile makes sense. Well, the dragon for Sceptile absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Flying for Blaziken, sure. Sure. I'm not arguing it with you. It does make sense. <laughs> I don't know what would make it's sense just, for Swampert. You said it's Maybe a bird. fighting? You said Blaziken's a bird, but like, it's a chicken. <laughs> And chickens yeah. notoriously they can they can like fly for a moment, but they can't fly. If chickens don't fly, they like But it's still a bird. Like it's still a bird. And... Look, I don't so know it's... how look, I don't know how Dodrio can fly. Because it can learn <laughs> yeah. to move fly. But come on, let's let's just go with it. <laughs> All right. Uh we will be back next week. Uh thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Hannah. This has been another episode of the Pokemon Podcast, and we are Super effective. Super far past whispering into microphones at 4 a.m. most of the time, unless Steve is in, like, South Korea or something, and then you're in a hotel whispering into a microphone at 4 a.m. <laughs> but a fancier Again. microphone. <laughs> you, the clip of Steve getting excited about Cramorant being in the Kitakami DLC while in a Japanese hotel or wherever you were that you didn't want to make noise, but Cramorant was like showed up on the screen and you like lost it, but like in a way you like lost it in a whisper <laughs> was wonderful. Peak. <laughs> Peak Twitch was my the highlight of my Twitch career right there. All right. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs>
This podcast is brought to you by Patreon. A huge shout out to our producers, starting with Stephen, Kay, Tone, Stuart, Matthew, Bovine, Catherine, Josh, Jessica, Fumes, Courtney, Brian, Brady, and a huge shout out to our executive producer of Spencer. Thank you so much for supporting the show. If you would like your name read at the end of the episode or you just want to support or you just want to support our podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash p-k-m-n-c-a-s-t to support the show and to join our Patreon. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next week.